0: Welcome to 2017. Give me some love. I'm glad to be here. How about you? Yes. Hey, we got a bunch of people who are going to be watching in online too. Let's uh, welcome them all here. We're fired up that you're with us too. Um, Thanks for joining us. Hey, my name is Tony. If I haven't met you before, uh, I am just thrilled, thrilled, thrilled that you're here. We're starting a new series uh, for the last part of uh, the, I mean, the rest of the month of January, kind of like trip into January. You kind of feel like it's already done. But uh, we got four weeks left uh, in January, and we're going to be kind of pounding out a, a new series called Stronger. And uh, here's the reason why. We kind of feel like if we go into 2017 getting stronger in a few significant areas in our lives, that when we round out the year next year, we'll be thankful for it. If if there's a few significant areas in our lives that each of us kind of develop and we kind of take steps forward in, that that we'll all kind of go, man, I'm really glad I did that. My year was better because I started it out getting stronger now got a quick question as we dive into this morning. How many of you and I want a little bit of you know crowd participant on this? How many of you know what it 's like to get a little stir crazy? Just kind of slip it up real quick or you know force your husband 's hand up you know like a little stir crazy uh, this, last, uh, this last week, as we were doing christmas at carrie 's house or her folks house, uh, I made a trip back here to Washington and then and then on my drive back to the Quad Cities to meet her in the Quad Cities, um, she, she literally said this as I showed up. She was like, so, um, is the first thing you're gonna do when you show up to my mom's house is just ask to leave again? <laughs> and I'm like, uh. I don't know, and she's like, I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, Yeah, I just don't know what happens to you every time you're around the in-laws. You just like ask to go leave and like go to the mall or go to the you know to the places. And I'm like, I think that's just every guy, you know, like. And can you relate if you're around your in-laws for any length of period of time, you just get a little stir crazy and you just I gotta leave. I don't know where I'm gonna go. I just gotta drive. You know, I just gotta get out of here. The other thing that made me so stir crazy this year were these bad boys. I'm not sure if you've ever messed with these things, but these are I think they're called pearl beads. All right, now. If you don't have a son, you have no idea what these are. But if you have four girls, you become a professional at these things real quick. This is actually one that my wife did for my daughters. If, again, you're not like at all giving me any feedback here. But these are the things that you spend like five hours making a pony doing, okay? And you have little beads and you throw them into this little tray. And, and then after a while, if you actually make it and you, you know, complete a pony, then you iron the sucker. And if you iron it too long, then it ruins the thing or ruins the board. It's horrible. But I remember opening this up, it was actually a gift from, uh, from my dad to my girls, and the first thing they want to do is, hey, let's make some of these things, you know, let's do it. And, and as we kind of open up the package, I'm like, oh, this is easy. Truth be told, I had watched a YouTube video of it, you know, after I found out that he was going to get it for us, so I felt like, you know, I'm going to be pretty good at this. I grabbed out a toothpick, I saw some woman doing it with a toothpick, and I was like, I'm going to try the toothpick. My fingers aren't even that big, but it seems impossible to touch those little things, you know? And so as I'm doing it, though, you want to know what happens? The first thing, I'm kind of going right here, I get bumped. And the whole thing just flies all over the place and I'm like, oh, if I swear, I'd swear right now, but I don't because I'm a Christian. You know, and like, and, and I just say it under my breath, you know, mother, father, brother, sister. And, and as I start doing it again, like, you know, you get bumped again, or, or sweetheart, my daughter, you know, Micah, she might go, I want to help. And you're like, okay, you can help your five. You know, you can try, and she does it. But if the three-year-old, you know, I want to help, <laughs> you know, all over the place. And I'm telling you what, about a half an hour into doing three of these suckers, because if you have three girls who actually want one, that's death too. And you just get a little stir crazy. Now, stir crazy, I think it can be summed up with this. It's just this itch to move, isn't it? This is I got I can't stand where I'm at any longer. And I think this year, some of us need to get a little stir crazy. There's some areas in our lives that maybe we're a little too settled in. Maybe it's a little too routine. And I just wondered, as we kind of launched into this series, if if I could make a jump here and go on, I wonder how many of you could use a little stir craziness in your life. You could use a little bit of this in you. Now, there's a pastor in Chicago who kind of, you know, does the same sort of thing, kind of making a move, getting kind of unsettled from where you are to move into a space that you should be. His name is Bill Hybels, and he describes it on a chart that he draws on any vision talk that he does. I mean, any time he talks vision, kind of moving people to a better destination, he, he draws this simple chart, and you can do this too. We got a blank note page for you. He draws two circles. And he puts a T in one and an H in the other, and he says, you know, sum it up, stir craziness is saying, I am so sick and tired of staying here, I have to make a move to there. I can't stay here any longer. I have to make a move to there. It's kind of this idea, I I can't stay here much longer or it's going to be unhealthy for my family. It might be unhealthy for me. It might be unhealthy for our church. If you can identify the places in your life that you need to get a little stir-crazy in and actually start moving in the direction of there, the preferred future, 17's gonna be better. We're gonna be better, and so time out on this one. I wonder how many of you right now, without even me going into a ton, a ton of examples, could easily identify a spot in your life right now that's not very healthy. A spot in your life right now that if you stayed here much longer, there might be some damage to a relationship. Your work environment might turn more toxic. Your home, your kids desperately need you to move there. Uh, Again, this is just me going out on a hunch here. I wonder how many of you Come into 2017, and your marriage can't stay here. You just can't. You, this last year, you've kind of you know, mustered up what you needed to muster, and you just couldn't move, and, and you're now into 17, and you're going, on it. We can't stay here any longer. We have to move there we got to get stir-crazy because right here is not helpful. I wonder how many of you financially are here. And you swore you wouldn't be here this year. But here you are again. And you got to get a little stir-crazy and move there, wherever there is. There's some of us who have addictions. It might be... Anger, it might be alcohol, might even be drugs, and you know purity, lust, pornography, and and I'm telling you what, if you stay here any longer, you're gonna round into 2018 kicking yourself because you let another year go on here. Last thing, and then I'll just dive in a little bit more. Some of you are here spiritually. You're just here, and it's, it's kind of where you've been. You've been casual. You know, you've just been hanging out here with your walk with God, and I just wonder, if you're in the room and you're going, that's all you needed to say. I've got to move there, wherever there is. I've just gotta move. Now, I actually think if you're like me, you've done the same two things over and over again. You've promised yourself, and you've promised others. Because that's what we do at New Year's resolutions, don't we? Like we, we, we're around our friends and we're around our buddies and we go, man, here stinks. I can't stay here. So this year, 2017, I'm going to make a resolution to eat better so I don't land here again next year. I'm going to, you know, get into a life group. I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to do some financial coaching. I got to move. And you promise yourself, you kind of mull up your own strength. You pull up your own bootstraps. For a lot of us you end up here again next year and here again the next year and if you're like me you don't only promise yourself but you promise others you you make promises to your kids and your spouse and to your friends and you go man i'm gonna do it and i remember this is no joke i remember at one point in time this is kind of it is not in my notes i remember telling like my friends i was like i'm gonna dunk before i'm 30. I'm 31. I can barely touch the net, you know, like, I remember like I've, I'm gonna get in such great shape that I'm gonna dunk and I'm like I'm six two or three I should be able never done it, but I've just promised myself I promised others, but I never moved. So what is it? What is it that holds people back from moving from here to there for me? It's just kind of boiled down to two things every single time if you want to jot these extras down you can it's fear and pride fear and pride caused too many people to stay here. Way too many people. The fear of man, if somebody actually finds out that my marriage is hurting. (laughs) If, If somebody actually takes a peek into my financial condition, oh man. And you just panic, you get fearful. Oh man, if I actually show up and I start working on my spiritual life, man, what are people gonna think? And the other one is is, is your pride, it's your ego. Ah, I'm, I'm fine, I got it, I'll just tough it out. I'll be fine. Yeah, this relationship that I have, it's fine. I'm not really an angry person, I'm fine. An ego thing. Fear and ego get in the way. And the one word, the one word, if you're drawing this chart down, the one word that actually moves people from here to there is a word that is called courage. Courage. Now, if you're looking at the circles on the stage, that's the shield. It's kind of this courage thing. Courage. And so in 2017, if you wanted to jot down the first fill in the blank here, we've got to get stronger in courage because some of us need a little old-fashioned courage to move from where we are now into a spot that you probably can't even fathom later. Courage. Courage. Old fashioned courage. Now, not only is this something that we have to develop, but it's something that God actually commands. So, week one, starting the series off, I know it kind of feels like, wow, he came guns blazing. You know, like, what's up with the preacher? I'm telling you what, we got to get stronger in courage. Here's why because our families depend on it. We got to get stronger in courage. Because we need it. We got to get stronger and courage because our work environments, our marriages, our county desperately needs people who are strong and courage. Now, that's one reason why. The other reason why is because God just flat out commands it. He says, Hey, if you want to be following after me, I need people of courage to follow me. Listen to what he says to a guy named Joshua. He's in the Old Testament. He says it this way He says, This is my command, Joshua. Chapter one, verse nine. It says, be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid or discouraged. It says, you can't stay there. There's no good. You gotta be strong and courageous. That's where I want you to be. It says, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. No, see, time out. I would love it if you could get stronger and courage by just sitting around. Wouldn't that be awesome? It would just be awesome if you could just get stronger in life by sitting around. I would love it. I haven't been to the gym for like a while. I would love it if I could just ever increasingly get stronger just by like receiving the text message from the guys playing basketball. Like, they're playing basketball. Yeah, I'm feeling better every day. You know, like that'd be awesome. Well, that's not the way it works. I mean, yesterday, no joke, my my brother and his girlfriend were uh, at our house, and my mom was here, and my daughter, Micah, were like, hey, what do you want to do? They were talking, what do you want to do? And they were like, well, let's put in a a DVD, a workout thing. And I'm like, that sounds miserable. And they're down in the basement busting it, you know, like just acting. They're doing T25 or Lashanti or whatever his name is, and he's just like making them go crazy, tap out, whatever. And I'm in there like sipping a cup of coffee, watching them like, that looks horrible. And I wish I could get stronger just by watching, but you don't develop courage staying on the sidelines. Boy, I wish you could. Unfortunately, that's not how God works. If you're gonna get stronger in courage, you're gonna need to move. You're gonna need to develop this thing called courage. Now, I wanna take you on a road trip in the Bible. A road trip in the Bible to kind of show you why God made this statement to Joshua. Because, I mean, that's kind of a weird one. This is a command. It's a, a literal command from God. You be strong and you be courageous. Why in the world would he tell Joshua that? So if you're up for a little road trip in the pages of Scripture, I just want to take you on that. I'm going to share some lessons along the way. But here's how the road trip starts. It starts with the book of Exodus. Now, for those of you who are new to church, you're like, what? Did he just swear? No, I didn't swear. It's the second book of the Bible, Genesis Exodus. In the book of Exodus, the whole book is this story. It's this kind of narrative of God getting the Israelites out of Egyptian slavery. So you got this nation of Israel who's in bondage and slavery to Pharaoh and the Egyptians, and God selects a man. The man is Moses. A lot of us have heard of Moses. He selects Moses, calls Moses out, and he goes, I want you to lead my people. I want you to go and stand up to the king. I want you to go look Pharaoh in the eyes and say, let my people go. Now Moses goes, okay, I'm going to need you to show up with me. And as he takes steps, God actually issues some incredible things that causes Pharaoh to finally say, just leave. Take you and the whole Israelite nation out of here. It's known as the 10 plagues. It's just crazy stuff right in Exodus. If you don't read the Bible and you're kind of bored in life, you should just start reading because it's crazy. But like, so the 10 plagues come. Pharaoh calls Moses in for a meeting. and says, enough's enough. Take you and your people and go. You don't have to tell Moses twice. He goes, all right, that's what I've came to do anyway. So he gathers up the nation and they head out in the direction of what is known as the promised land. Now, as Moses gathers up this ragtag group of people, and they start heading out, Pharaoh changes his mind, go figure. He figures out that all his cheap labor's gone. I mean, these slaves who have been busting it day after day are now no longer there. He calls a meeting with his officials, and they go, yeah, that was a moron move. You know, Pharaoh, like, who's gonna do the work now? And he goes, well, I'm changing my mind. He assembles his own army, and they go chasing after the Israelites. Now, you got Moses on foot with a bunch of people, and you got this nation busting it after Moses. They end up catching up with the Israelites right at the edge of the Red Sea. Here's kind of the pause. Everybody in the Israelite army right now freaks out. Their whole nation feels like they were freed from slavery. Now they're at the edge of the Red Sea. They see Pharaoh and the Egyptians coming upon them and they go, What in the world did we come out here for? Listen to literally how they respond to the situation. They say this to Moses Why'd you bring us out here to die in the wilderness? Wasn't there enough graves in us for us in Egypt? I mean, what an encouraging thing to say to your leader. Like, well, thanks a lot for bringing us out of slavery. We could have died and then had graves back there at least. You know, it wasn't that bad. But then they go on to say this. Didn't we tell you that this would happen while we were still there? We said to Moses, leave us alone. Let us be slaves to the Egyptians. Why? Because they think it's better to be a slave in Egypt than a dead man in the wilderness. So they're freaking out. Time out again. I wonder how many of us can relate to this more than we even know. We start to feel God moving our lives. Maybe you show up to church and you go, "Man, God's kind of moving," and I'm kind of mo- I feel like I got some spiritual momentum taking place, and then your car breaks down. And you go. Poof. What I even show up to church? Like, what I even give God a shot? You know, you start moving in one direction and you feel like God's going with you only to have a hiccup happen and, you know, you're just throwing the whole towel. This is what these guys started panicking. And so, you know what Moses does? Smart man. He goes, I got to talk to God about this. And so he literally, a couple verses later, says this. Then the Lord says to Moses in this prayer time, He says, Tell the people to get moving. I love that. God is sometimes not very sympathetic. Just tell him to shut up and get moving is what he's saying. Get moving. He says, pick up your staff, Moses. Raise your hands over the sea. Divide the water so the Israelites can walk through the middle of the sea on dry ground. Moses relays the message and the people go, I'm in. What do we, the other option is us dying, so let's just try it out. So they actually tiptoe into this sea and as they do, God does a miracle. It's recorded right there in the scripture. He splits the sea, and they walk through on dry ground. Now, the minute they touch the other side, the Egyptian army that's chasing after them, God releases his grip on the water, and they take a swim that ends up really not good for them. It was a bad move on their part. But I'm telling you what, lesson number one, lesson number one, if you're taking notes. In order for us to get stronger in courage, We've got to be willing to do what God told the nation of Israel to do, which is get moving. You just got to get moving. Some of you right now, you're going to go, I'm here. Yeah, I've been here for a couple years. Here stinks. Here's no good. Here is broke. Here is lonely. Here is full of anger. Here is full of addiction. And you want to know what God would say to you? Really patiently say, Oh, come in, come in, come in. And you'd think he's about to whisper to you. But he would say, just get moving, man. Just start moving. Just start moving in the direction of there. Just start. Just get moving. And our response might be like the Israelites. But I'm scared. I don't know. I'm going to have to step into a situation that might not be good. And God says, do you trust me or not? Get moving. Get moving. I'm going to build on that in a little bit. But I'm telling you what, in order to move from here to there, you have to get moving. Now, here's the good news. When you have the courage to get moving along the way, if you're taking this chart down, God actually shows up. He showed up. The Israelites, they stepped into the Red Sea, and as they stepped in, God divided the water. As they stepped in, as they got moving, God showed up with something along the way. If you're writing this down, God shows up with power along the way. He always does. But a lot of times, we don't get to see the power along the way until we have the courage to step into the sea. Some of us have been waiting at the sea's bank for far too long. Next year, I'll get in. Next year, I'll start working on. Next year, I'll go. And we end up just telling ourselves and other people's, and we lack the old-fashioned courage to just step in. Because when we step in, God shows up and he shows up with power along the way. The story goes on, though. The Israelites, they cross over, and they start conquering land, and this is exactly what God has intended for them. He wants them to establish themselves as a great nation, and so he's helping them win battles and take land, and it's all good, and, and then something unfortunate happens. They lose courage. Imagine that. They see God move in their life, and then they lack courage again, and they see God move in their life, and they lack some more courage. It sounds like a lot of me. You know, like, i like get real strong, and then I feel so weak. And, and here's what goes on. Moses calls 12 of his guys to go on a scouting mission, a scouting mission, to a land to go check it out and see the condition of it, see who's there that they're gonna have to go and take on. Well, in the 12 in the 12 is Joshua and his buddy Caleb. But this is where Joshua enters into the picture. The very guy that God commands to be strong and courageous, this is his entry point. And Moses says, hey, Joshua, Caleb, 10 other guys, why don't you guys go on this scouting mission? Sends them out, it's incredible. Except they come back, 10 of them, with bad news. Joshua and Caleb come back full of hope, full of courage. The other 10? come back with a different message. Here's what their message was. In Numbers chapter 13, it says, so they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land that we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw, Donald Trump, you know, quote here, were huge. You know, they were huge. You know, I just needed to get some liveliness in there. Verse 33, next to them we felt like insects, like little grasshoppers. They lost courage. Lost all faith. I wonder how many of you know what it's like to start moving from here to get around here and go, you know what? That was exhausting. That was, that was hard. I don't, I don't know if I can keep pushing through. I mean, that was hard. That used a lot of courage. And it's At the next moment where you have a crucial moment in your life where you go, I'm either going to throw in the towel and not receive more of this along the way or I'm going to push through the next hurdle. This is This is kind of basic goal one-on-one type of stuff. Not everything's going to be easy when you decide to step out, right? And we're going to have hurdles that come. You're going to get the flu when you decided, you know, I'm going to sign up for a gym membership. And you get the flu and you're like, well, great. I can't work out for the next week and a half. Well, just forget about it, you know. Or I'm going to start working on my finances and then your car or your laundry machine is going to break down. And you're like, what the heck am I saving money for? You just get discouraged. But I'm telling you what, these guys were sent out on a scouting mission, they come back and they lose all hope. Joshua tries giving them a speech. He tries giving them the here to their speech. If You wanna know how they treat him afterwards? Listen to this in Numbers 14, 10, it says, the whole community began to talk about stoning Joshua and Caleb, and this is not like Colorado, like, you know, stone, let's come on, man. You know, like this is, they're thinking about killing them. We're like, no, we're not having you move with us. We're thinking about destroying you. Does that make sense? I thought it was going to be way funnier than that. But <laughs> So here's what happens. Their lack of courage causes this whole crew to just feel deflated, and they don't move. And God steps in, and he talks to Moses, and he says, why aren't you guys going? He goes, well, here's the report that came our way. And lesson number two happens. We see God get a little disappointed. And why does God get a little disappointed in this nation? Because little faith is insulting to God. Little faith is insulting to God. When we have courage in our lives, he goes, absolutely, let's go. Come on, you bet the farm on God. He wants to show up and meet it. Uh, we did a series to start City Point Church back last August, No, two Augusts ago now, we did a series called Rumor Has It. We wanted to do our first sermon series, Rumor Has It. What are the rumors that we want going through our county about our church? You want to know one of the rumors that we spent a whole Sunday on was we want the rumor to be that those people are just faith-filled. They're just big thinkers. They, as a church, are bet-the-farm risk-takers. And we just kind of set it together. we got to be like that. Because nobody feels inspired by people who go, oh, I'm just throwing in the towel now. No, no, no. we gotta be a church that says we're faith-filled, big thinkers, bet the farm risk-takers, ultimately because little faith is insulting to God. So, after everybody dies off, the story goes on. Everybody dies off. Anyone who had a lack of faith that God could move on their behalf, God says they're not gonna see the promised land. They're going to have to die off. I only want people of full faith in me. Bet the farm risk takers. And over this season, something's happened. There's been a change of hands, a change of leadership. Moses has died, and Joshua is called to take over. Listen to how God breaks the news to Joshua. It's in Joshua chapter 1, verse 2. It says, God tells Moses this. Hey, Joshua, imagine getting this meeting from God. Moses is dead. You're like, if you're Joshua, you're like, wow, you just said it like that, didn't you? It wasn't like, hey, we need to have a talk. You know, like, it's going to be hard. Brace yourself. God just says, hey, come on. Moses is dead. And you imagine Joshua going, okay. <laughs> What's next? And he goes on to say, therefore, the time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land that I'm giving them. It's your turn. Lesson number three, and then we'll dive into some practical stuff. In order to move forward, in order to go from here to there, what you can take out of this scripture is something needs to stop. Something needs to be put to an end. Moses and the people who disbelieved, who didn't have courage and faith, those people needed to stop in order for Joshua to lead the people in. This is, again, when it comes to New Year's resolutions, the reason why some of us have already failed, why some of us never reach there, is because we all we do is add things. I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to work on this. But we never eliminate the things in our lives that are holding us back. I'm going to work on my marriage. I'm going to start seeing a counselor. But I'm not going to fill in the blank. And you add something, but you don't stop another thing. I think it's just a lesson worth noting. Now, that concludes the road trip, because what is the setting right now is Joshua gets called to lead the people, but he is now at a very similar spot that Moses was. Joshua is supposed to lead the people of Israel over this Jordan River. Same scenario, but this time, God says to Joshua, the same verse that we started off, he says, this is my command you got to do it a little different. He says, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. You have to be. In order to move across the river or the sea, you have to be strong and courageous. For God is with you. He's telling Joshua, I'm with you. If I'm with you, nothing can stand a chance among us. I've got your back. And Joshua says, right on, let's go. He puts God in the front row, and they head into the Jordan, and it's this incredible miracle that they get to see happen. Now, I get it. If you're here and, and you're going, man, I've heard this talk like every single year around this time. you got to move from here to there. Everybody talks about that in the beginning of the new year. Well, I want to give you a little bit more hope than just courage. You know, develop some courage. I wanted to spend time talking about power along the way, but I want to look at this principle that God, I think, wants to give to somebody in the room. It's this idea, I'll put it on the screen for you. It's when you step in, God will show up. When you have the courage to step in, God can show up. He might be asking some of you to develop some courage in your life to step into the sea. You got your own seat to figure out where that is. He might give you some courage to step into the river. When you do that, you display the courage. But he doesn't leave you stranded. He comes along with power along the way. I want to let somebody know in the room that when you step in this year for your marriage, when you step in this this year for the very thing that has bogged you down in the past, for the very thing that's causing you to lose hope, you step in and you watch God show up. Because here's what I see in the pages of Scripture. God asks you to be the one to step into the sea, into the river, but only he can split it. You step in and you have the faith, God, if you're calling me, if you've given me the desire to work on, God, if you're asking me to have faith too, I'm going to step in. But God, I'm going to need you to come along with power along the way. And I just think this is exactly how God operates. He wants us to have the courage to step in so that he can have the opportunity to step and move for, on our behalf. i am telling you what, there's one last story that I'll share before I ask the band to come up. It's a story in the New Testament. It's of uh, Jesus making his way to Jerusalem, and, and there's these 10 lepers, and leprosy is this disease that kind of consumes their whole body, and their fingers will fall off, and it's just this gross, horrible disease. And 10 guys are just hanging out and they're doing life with each other and they're just outside of the, the community and they see Jesus walking by and they just holler out. They go, hey, Jesus, can you save us? Jesus, can you heal us? They go, eh, let's just give him a shot is what they're saying. And Jesus responds this way to him And Luke 17, he says, go, could it interpret, get moving. Start moving. Go and show yourselves to the priests. Everyone's like, why the priest? Like, why are they gotta go to the pastor? Back in that time, this, these were the people who would record if a miracle happened. So Jesus going, hey, you want to be healed? Go show yourself to the priests. Just go. Now, I imagine the 10 guys going, gosh, that guy is like on stone. You know, like that guy is smoking a little too much. Like, I'm not showing up to the priest. Look at me. You know, I'm, I'm not healed. And I, I just wonder if there was one guy. One guy, this is in the scripture, but I just wonder if there's one guy who said, "What do we have to lose?" What do we have to lose? Right here is no good. We might as well try something. We might as well start moving somewhere. And as one guy maybe shares this to the others, maybe there's another guy who said, "Yeah, I'll go. I'll go." And listen to how the next part of the verse reads. It says Go and show yourselves to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. It's this idea that when you step in with some courage, God, I'm going I'm to have the faith to step forward, God shows up. When you step in, God shows up. These guys, in Jesus' mind, they needed to have the faith to go the courage to start moving and when they did as they went the scriptures say they were cleansed of their leprosy now i wonder i wonder what area this is for you this year this year what area can you not stay here Again, I've I've used the marriage one a lot. Let's pick on a different, maybe it's an addiction to alcohol, let's just pick on this one just for a second. And you're going, all of 2016, I promised myself, I promised others that I wouldn't stay here. It's not helping me, it's not helping my attitude, it's not helping my family or my friends, it's definitely not helping my marriage or, you know, me pursuing. I've got to move there. Who I am when I'm here is no good. And I wonder if God's telling somebody in the room, you have the courage to step in and let God show up. For some of you, it's financially. And you're gonna go, man, I did it again. Christmas time, I I overspent again. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. And I'm telling you what, you can't stay here. But God says, you step in with some of this, and he'll show up with some of this. you got to step in for him to show up. And I'm wondering if that's you. I'm wondering if you're in the room, and you're going, man, it's, for me, it's spiritual. I've, I've hung on this faith line for so long. And I'm not not really 100% in for God. I'm really not like 100% out. I'm just kind of, it's like I'm in the shallow end. Kind of like Joshua and Moses. And I'm kind of dipping, playing around in the zero depth entry. And I wonder if God's going, would you for heaven's sakes take a step in so I can show up? Where is it for you? where is it for you City Point as a church here right now it's kind of a a benefit for us is fairly good I mean not even fairly it's really good we had 824 people show up to Christmas at City Point that was nuts but I'm telling you what there are 22,000 people in our county if all we do is go, hey, here was pretty good. 2016, that was really good. We baptized 39 people last year, that was really good. We had 200 people in groups, that was pretty good. I'm not built that way. I've gotta be looking, what's there? Because when I drive through my neighborhood, I see people who are yet Not invited. When I go to the grocery store, I see people who are still struggling, looking for a place to be filled up. And so for you, you might be going, it's a personal thing. For us, it's got to be this movement thing that God says this year, we got to get stronger in courage. Each week, we're going to look at something else. This week, stronger in courage. I want to pray for you, and then we're going to sing a song that I think is so fitting. It's called Give Me Faith to Trust What You Say. Whatever God says, we've got to have the courage to step in so that He can show up.